to another episode of Holding Down the Fort with me, Alejandro Soto. Put the intro music at the beginning there because last time I interviewed a musician and I didn't play one of his songs. I can't believe that. How could I be so thoughtless and careless and just totally miss a, a good opportunity to play a real song? So I'm going to play one of... Uh, oh, and the person I interviewed was Mr. Kyle Smith, K. Edward Smith. If you haven't listened to the last episode, please go do that. It was a really good one. Kyle and I had a real nice conversation. We talked about his musical projects, and so I'm going to play one of his songs at the end of this little intro. Uh, I don't really have much to say in this intro. Uh, I'm recording this Monday, May 15th, and honestly, it's been a cluster cuss of a day. I don't know about you and where you're at in the universe, but shit was weird for me uh, today. It uh, it it's left me confused, and so I I also just spent like two hours trying to work out technical difficulties and accomplished like absolutely nothing. So I'm just a little flabbergasted at this point, and I'm probably talking too long. So let's move on. Today's guest is Judith Nastali. She's a good friend of mine, has been for quite a couple years now. Um, she owns a really awesome landscaping business that I worked for, uh, continue to work for in this moment. And she knows a lot about plants. I had some people tell me that they were real interested in hearing about uh, plants, native plants, things they could put in their yard, maybe places they could come and, uh, like, you know, foraging, urban foraging. Sorry, I'm looking at my recording program. This, All these technical difficulties just have me so off-kilter, man. Nothing will do that, like, technical difficulties. But Judith, I interviewed a couple weeks ago now, and we had a really nice conversation. Uh, we always have good stuff to talk about when we are able to make the time to discuss things that are on our minds and on our hearts. And we had a real, we had one of those chats a couple weeks ago, and I got to record it. So I hope you all enjoy this conversation I had with Judith Nestalli. And before that, enjoy Dust and Mud by Mr. K. Edward Smith. Thank you. 
no rules. <laughs> no holds barred. <laughs> All right, well, we're recording. So, Judith, Nastali, thanks for joining me and holding down the fort. Um, we're, we're in your living room right now. Uh, we can see your backyard garden uh, through your gorgeous. Like, are these sliding doors? Do these slide? Yeah, the, they... yeah the middle door slides. Nice. Uh -huh. So then your backyard garden is on the other side. I want to hear about that um, at some point while we're sitting here. Okay. Um, and to, to give people an idea of who you are, we met, what was it, five, six years ago now? It might be like coming up on six years ago now. Yeah, I'm thinking six years. Mm -hmm. And you own a landscaping business, Jalen Associates, um, and I wanted to do landscaping and we got connected through my mom, uh, actually. You met her and then she connected us and I worked in the field for you for a while, do some office stuff for you now, um, and we've done some other stuff together here and there. Uh, so. Yeah, your thing is plants, like native plants specifically, right? Right, correct. Yeah, and you're a wonderful office assistant, Alejandro. You've done more than that. You designed my website. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> you learned our accounting system. Mm -hmm. You do our billing, our invoicing. I mean, you do an amazing job. Well, thank you. Thank you. So, where, yeah, tell people about you. Who are you, Judith? Yeah, yeah. Hi, nice to meet everyone. So, my name is Judith Nastali. I have loved plants probably all my life. I remember a picture of me in my grandmother's garden when I was about three years old, and it was my happy place. And I remember one time when I was walking home from school, I grew up in the east in New Jersey in a very small town, and Actually, I stopped by this lady's garden, and my mom had to come and find me <laughs> <laughs> because I was just sitting in her garden enjoying, and I was in grade school then. So I think I've always been fascinated with plants and insects, and being outside is my happy place, mm -hmm. though it took me a number of years to figure that out, mm -hmm. really, for myself. I have my degree in design, and... Before that, I, I worked in financial institutions and banking behind a desk. Um, and I realized I didn't really like being inside all the time. And I couldn't wait for lunchtime to get outside and take a walk. And I, I started to think a lot about that when I was doing kitchen and bath designing. I was in a windowless office on a computer all day and I kept thinking you know this this is okay but it, it's not fulfilling me from the inside mm -hmm. I felt really kind of confined mm -hmm. and cut off and um, eventually I left that job and I just opened myself up to whatever happened and I was driving down Jefferson um, here in Fort Wayne Jefferson Boulevard with my son in the car, and he was a teenager. He's grown now. And I saw a sign for Newhouser Garden and Gifts, and I'd never been there. I decided to stop. I just drove in on a whim, and I saw they were hiring, and I thought, well, I'll go in and talk to them and just see what they need and what they're thinking about. And I met Jeff Markley there, who I've known for more than 20 years now. 
And I said to him, hey, um, do you know Kenton Neuhauser? Because I went to high school with him, and I was on the school newspaper. Oh, cool. And he goes, yeah, he owns the business. <laughs> no way. Yeah, I know. That's what I said, too. I was like, oh, okay. I said, well, I have my degree in design. And um, I said, I really love plants and love being outside. So he just about hired me on the spot. Nice. And it really began a whole opening up of looking at plants, seeing how they're grown, um, working with customers, trying to fit the best you know, perennial shrub or tree for their needs as they came into the garden center. And it was a beautiful place to work. It was gorgeous. There was a pond there. There were beautiful plantings. So it was fun. Jeff Markley is hilarious and funny and really good with customers, remembers everybody's name. So it was a healing place to be, I think, for myself. Mm -hmm. um, and also, I'm still friends with Laura Stein, who I met there. Oh, cool. Also. Yeah. So it was just a nurturing place for me to be. But I've been studying about herbs and plants since I was in my 20s. So Michael Tierra was my very first herbalist that I fell in love with. He's still teaching at the East-West School in California. Okay. And um, I still refer back to his books that are falling apart. I have them tied together with ribbon. <laughs> nice. Um, so he was really my first introduction to plants. And it's been really interesting over the course of 40 years to be working with native plants, which is my love now, um, and see a lot of plants that Michael talked to me about in the books, mm. see native plants in the same botanical family, or maybe those exact same plants that he talked about. Oh. So all those years ago of reading about them, and now being able to see them, mm. and sometimes work with them, mm -hmm. has been I don't know, like like this wonderful discovery. Yeah. Like since you know me so well, Alejandro, you know I love chocolate. It's like being in a store <laughs> filled with chocolate. That's what it's like for me. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah, it really is. So I love plants and I love being outside. I'm a master gardener, um, and I have more than twenty years experience in the field and I specialize in native plants and also organic gardening. Mm -hmm. But I'm really, I always tell people I'm really a plant lover. And though I don't plant or advocate for invasive species, of course, I really want people to get outside and have interactions, whether it's with birds or insects or butterflies. And you can't have a lot of those if you have a yard full of plants that are from Asia or Japan because those don't draw the insects they don't feed them mm -hmm. and and I really want people to understand that if we're not feeding insects that we can't have birds because they need the caterpillars mm -hmm. to feed their young even if the adult birds are eating seeds or nuts or come to your feeder they can't feed their little ones that mm -hmm. so 85 percent of our native birds really need those caterpillars in order yeah. to raise their young. And so if we want to keep enjoying nature, we have to have native plants. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that part of enjoying it <clears throat> is like, I think something that people don't realize 
is connected to like th this movement of like native plants and organic gardening like I think everybody kind of realizes that the earth is in rough shape or we are actually in rough shape the earth's gonna be fine uh, but the earth the way we like it is uh, teetering in a point and so like I th I think a lot of the attention is has been on like food production and like that's an important thing to know about but the world you come from is like much closer to people's like everyday lives um, and I think that aspect of like what you do and what you're interested in is something that like people don't realize they, they don't realize that right in front of them right outside their door is an opportunity to like help the earth or like just at least protect the version of the earth that we like to enjoy right right that's a really good point i like that a lot and one of the ways i feel like we can get people outside like you and i were speaking about earlier is to have some sort of food that's available yeah um like native strawberries mm -hmm. uh virginiana of her from Virginia. Those are really delicious. And those aren't the little yellow flowered ones that people find in their yard. Those aren't really mm -hmm. even native. But the white flowered ones that have the delicious mm -hmm. red berries are yeah. so good. And our soil isn't super conducive to growing blueberries, but I really think people, everybody should have one in their yard. You can add some soil acidifier to it. Um, they're so beautiful, white flowers, and then, you know, you get those little berries mid-season, and then the foliage is just beautiful red-orange colors. Mm -hmm. So that's a good way to get people outside and kind of a starter plant. But red buds are delicious. They, they grow here. Um, mine is blooming right behind oh. you with the beautiful fuchsia colored flowers even though they're called red butts they're really kind of a fuchsia pink uh -huh. and those flowers are edible so I've already harvested some oh, cool. this year and I um, made some scones red bud scones that were delicious gluten-free dairy-free of course nice yeah, so it's a beautiful plant. And then later on, so it flowers first, of course, and then the leaves come on, and then the seeds, and actually when the seed pods first come on, they're edible. Now, don't try to eat the brown ones from last year. That'll that'll hurt your mouth, but... <laughs> they get, like, really tough. Really tough. But the, <laughs> exactly. But the green ones are nice, kind of like pea uh, pods, uh -huh. and you can steam them. So that's, uh -huh. that's a plant that a lot of people can identify, mm -hmm. and now you know that it's it's edible not that I want you to go and you know harvest all the flowers off the tree we have to be kind of mindful of leaving things for the insects too mm -hmm. and some birds will actually eat flowers off of trees too so so we want to leave enough for everyone mm -hmm. but I think that it's good that we can have some too mm -hmm. that's what the plants are here for they're really here to not only nurture us and feed us but expand our consciousness. Mm -hmm. That we're part of the whole web of life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you, you've done a lot of that, of like making stuff 
from plants you've just pulled out of your yard. Like when I ride my bike over here, um, I'm leaving, you're always like pointing out, oh, well, this is good right here. This is going to bloom in a few weeks and can like do this with it. And like, it's just all in your yard. So like, what, what are some of the things that like you have been able to do and like, like, what have you been able to make out of stuff that most people would just think are weeds? Because I know you've done that. Yeah, yeah, I've done a lot of it, and I really enjoy it. It makes me really happy to forage in my yard, so I don't use any chemicals. Everything's mm -hmm. organically grown in my yard. Um, violets are one that are blooming right now that are beautiful. So the violet flowers and the leaves are edible. So with the flowers, you can just wash them off. Um, put them on a piece of toast, dry them first so uh -huh. you don't have soggy toast, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, they're delicious, sprinkled with a little bit of cinnamon and maybe Ooh. some non-dairy butter. You could, you know, drizzle a little honey or maple syrup on top. Nice. Really light, you know, delicious. And then the flowers um, can be candied as well. I've never done it, but I don't have the patience for that, <laughs> yeah. but I have made um, violet syrup as well, mm -hmm. which is really good. And it's really a fun experiment with your kiddos because depending on how much lemon juice you add, you can change the color of it. Oh. it changes the pH, so it'll make it more blue oh. or more purple. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, a little bit of science in there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so get your kiddos involved. I love the leaves, too. I'm just finishing up the last of my leaves that I harvested and dried, mm -hmm. and I use for tea throughout the season. Oh, okay. So they're really soothing, a really gentle, like a light floral scent to them, I would say. You can't even uh -huh. taste it. Very green, so lovely tea. Nice. So they're blooming right now. Non-native, but not considered invasive, mm -hmm. are dandelions. So I've oh, already yeah. harvested mine. I'm already drinking tea from the leaves. Oh. If I get a chance, I'm really busy with my landscaping business. Um, I will go out and harvest the flowers, and I'll make usually muffins with them. But you can make pancakes. So you just want to harvest the flower petals then. You want to take the bracts, the, like, green part off the back side okay. Uh -huh. okay. if you're gonna just eat the flowers uh -huh. Huh. so non-native but really delicious and they they grow everywhere oh yeah so you don't have to feel bad about harvesting them uh -huh. there's plenty for yeah. everybody yeah and like with the greens they go bad at a certain point like they get that like white waxy stuff that tastes super bad at like a certain point right well um, depending you know the dandelion leaves, usually the best thing to do is harvest them right away as, as soon as they're coming up now. Mm -hmm. They're better now than it, when they rebloom because they'll be a little uh, drier and tougher. Okay, uh-huh. Uh -huh. So harvest them now, wash them well, dry them off, and you can let them air dry, which is what I do, but then you can get a dehydrator if you want. Makes it quicker. You can use your oven at a really low temp, or if you have a gas stove, you can just turn on the pilot light or just the mm -hmm. light and they can dry that way too. Uh -huh. Don't be like me and turn on your oven and burn them. Oh jeez. <laughs> oh, I've done that which is good. Uh -huh. can be just a little bit of a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> so leave the door open slightly so you don't mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. um, 
I don't know if they're subject to like any fungal diseases that I know of. Um, but definitely you want them well dried. And the secret to any leaf that you're drying for tea has to be super sound, super crispy mm -hmm. when you um, crunch it up in your fingers. Mm -hmm. So when you hear that kind of really crunchy sound, then you know it's dried enough. And, mm -hmm. and make sure to label your jars, clean them well, and label your jars because <laughs> I've done this all so harvested, put it away, and then you forget what you harvested, uh -huh. right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. Yeah, all that time spent out in the yard and you got a whole bunch of unlabeled jars. Yes, and <laughs> then you're like, oh my gosh, uh, what am I going to do with this? Yeah, I've had that same thing and then I just end up throwing it all away. I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do with this? I don't even know. So right, right, that's why exactly. Those, those little things like actually make a big difference um, in the yeah in these projects. That's cool. Yeah, one of my latest things I'm trying, I haven't used it yet, was in February I went out with my friend David, and we gathered cottonwood buds mm -hmm. from the cottonwood trees. So you want to gather them before they're opened. Mm -hmm. And most of the time cottonwood trees grow really tall, 60, 90 feet tall. Okay. So it's good to go out if there's been a lot of wind because those buds will break off and drop around the base of the trees. So we scavenge those at various places around the city. Mm. And you don't want to wash those because you'll wash the resin off. Get a dedicated jar that you'll only use for cottonwood buds. You'll never mm. get it clean from the <laughs> resin. Uh -huh. And we gathered those and then I used almond oil and I'm soaking those. I actually shake the jar a couple times a week. Mm -hmm. Those are antimicrobial make a wonderful smelling oil. You can use it for your hair, for your skin. You can use it for face cream. Uh, another name is Balm of Gilead. Uh, so super expensive if you would go out to buy that. And it can um, macerate in the jar for up to a year. Uh, I'm, I might not wait that long mm -hmm. to to make mine into something. Yeah. But but it's been really fun, and I love the fact that nature is giving us these plants, you know, mm -hmm. for us to yeah. use. And she really wants us to co-create with her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I always stop and take a moment, and, you know, take a nice breath in, and get really centered in myself before I gather. And I like to ask permission. Even if it's in my own yard, mm -hmm. you know, is it okay if I take some of these things? And then I listen, and sometimes it is, and sometimes it isn't. Hmm. But that's my way of tuning into nature and allowing her to teach me, which I feel like mm -hmm. she's been a really good teacher. I'm so mm -hmm. thankful to be on this planet at this point in mm -hmm. time. Yeah, yeah, it's it's valuable. Like. <clears throat> Yeah, in, in, there's some like uh, in some Buddhist texts they say that like human life and like the human realm is the only place you can actually get anything done, um, and it's like very clear in like what you're talking about here of like how you're able to interact with your environment and like yeah. get get in touch with that and like that get that act of getting in touch I think is like a 
remedy of sorts for a lot of the like mental anguish and like suffering that people have right now like <laughs> I, I my a teacher of mine just gave a talk the other day and it like he, he was going into some pretty heavy stuff. You know, he's a Buddhist teacher, so he's talking about suffering. And he, like, got into some pretty heavy stuff. And I, myself, was thinking, like, man, is he really going to end up on this? Like, like he, he used an example of, like, an active shooter situation and how to, like, stay centered oh in that, like, intense stuff. Like, needs to be talked about, but, like, a downer. And, like, I asked him for a question at the end, like, for a meditation or something that he could offer us, like, a, a breath awareness exercise. And he said, you know, actually, I think focusing on your breath will make most people more anxious. What you should do if you're feeling if you're feeling anxiety, just go outside and look at the sky, and think about how like the sky is like your mind, and like reestablish. And this is now me interpreting, but like I heard him say like reestablish that connection mm. to like something outside of yourself. Like right. remember that your world that you're so wrapped up in is so infinitely small and like in a certain perspective insignificant and then in another perspective very significant and like mm -hmm. the the a, a, a way of getting like past the the bullshit that so many people are wrapped up in is just to like yeah, go outside and take a deep breath. <laughs> like, like that, that's that's really cool. And and like, yeah, it's it's possible to do right outside your back door. I can walk outside and look at the sky. Yes. I can spend two minutes looking at the sky. It's not hard. <laughs> like, right, right, yeah. exactly. You know, when you were talking about that, Alejandro, it reminded me when I was studying to be a master gardener. And it was a very intensive course. Uh, Ricky Camry was the educator at Purdue Extension at the time. And one of the things I read, which is based on research from Purdue University, is that, speaking of safety, right, um, that the presence of trees guarantees um, that we feel the safest and actually the safest neighborhoods have more trees. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that correlates really well with, you know, the teaching that you were learning. And something you and I have talked about too is that in this life, in these physical forms in our bodies, that pain is inevitable. Mm -hmm. But suffering is optional. Yeah. It depends on our perspective. Do are we promoting, you know, suffering by what we're focusing on? Or are we promoting some joy and happiness in the midst of the pain? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it does all exist. It does, yeah. Like, all at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I, I have been like struggling with the idea of like where I have like power and agency in the world, you know, yeah. like wondering if I'm just a, a pawn at the behest of karma's divine hand. <laughs> and, like, and I like was lamenting to a friend of mine about this, and she said that like. And, 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 and yeah, she like pointed out that the place where we have like 
the most power and agency is like in our like choice of how to act in the moment of like like what you're saying like yes. like we we can make the choice to like support and like feed the suffering or to feed and support the joy and like have that be what's what's our focus right right so if we go outside and we smell the air you can smell the soil now you know it's not frozen mm -hmm. anymore which is delightful for those of us in the midwest yeah yeah and, and the grass is getting really green and you know the flowers are coming on the trees and perennials are coming up you know some of the um little tiny flowers like i think about um, spring beauty claytonia those kind of little flowers, the violets mm. are coming up too. Um, so there's all that delight in being outside. Mm -hmm. And then we can look up at the sky, and often it's gray here <laughs> in Indiana, so you want to run outside, especially if you see a, a, you know, some sunshine um, and some blue sky. But I think it's really an opportunity to stop, to stop and just be really aware and like you said, the present moment is really the best moment to be in. Mm -hmm. And being outside in the present moment, that's delightful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even, if, even if you're getting rained on. <laughs> you know, yeah. even, even if it's windy, windy outside, you know, that there's delight in that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And like, there's something to experiencing the roughness of nature that like yes. I find like awe-inspiring mm. like last December I was in a, an Airbnb like just off of Lake Michigan and mm, like lovely. at night hearing the lake wind just whipping through the trees and like not having you know my speaker playing Spotify to distract me or no sounds of traffic or whatever and to just like hear how like strong the yes. like mother nature is it like it filled me with like a deeper respect for like the earth and like oh yeah like this thing can mess us up. Like, we are just these squishy, soft little monkeys that think we're so tough in our cars and our houses. But, like, and, and I mean, there's there's been some uh, events recently, like natural disasters that have, like, brought that to public awareness that, like, yeah, the earth can dish it out. Um, and so to be able, like, to... I appreciate you and like how you have you. given me like been an example of how to in like interact with nature in a way that like fosters that connection of like joy and delight. Um, and I think more people would benefit from that. Oh, yeah. thank you, Alejandro. Mm -hmm. Well, it's been so good to have you with me all these years. Um, I feel like we have a really nice friendship that we share a lot of loves of nature, love of food, mm -hmm. love of Buddhism. I mean, we have all these points of connection. Mm -hmm. So it's been, been really good, you know, to bounce things off of one another, yeah. to learn from each other. I think it's been really beautiful. I feel mm -hmm. really blessed mm -hmm. by having you in my life 
and I wanted to tell you that. And I feel blessed being a landscaper and being able to get outside still, you know, to work in the earth, to plant native plants, to, you know, bring joy to people mm-hmm. in whatever mm-hmm. ways that I can. Hopefully just my presence is what I really hope, just my presence with my love of nature, just mm-hmm. being on someone's property would hopefully bless them mm-hmm. and the plants there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of my ultimate goal. I don't talk about it. I don't tell my <laughs> clients that. You know what I mean? In a consultation, it's going to be a $50 fee for the blessing. That's right. That's right. Yeah, exactly. We can go without that, but, you know, it's yeah. not going to be as nice. Right. The plants won't do as well. Yeah. <laughs> It's just hilarious. (laughs) But but I think that's true in a a way for all of us, too. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the more we enjoy being outside, the more we really bless the earth and all of her creation, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's insects or birds or animals or in in whatever ways we can. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you with your music, I mean, often you play outside. So I feel like that's a blessing, too. Mm -hmm. So there's all kinds of ways to be a blessing, but Mm -hmm. it's really simple just to walk outside Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and be. And we love serving our customers. I mean, um, being a landscaper is not a get-rich-quick kind (laughs) of job by any means. So you have to to love it. You Mm -hmm. have to love being outside in all the different forms that that takes wind and rain and snow Mm -hmm. and interacting with people and the animals and plants that are out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, Judith, uh, thanks for being on the show. This is really cool. Uh, Is there anything you want to share, anything happening, any places people can find you? Yeah, you can go to my website. Um, and I'll have Alejandro tell you that so I won't get it wrong because <laughs> you're always typing it um, and also we're getting ready to have a live seminar and teach people container gardening mm-hmm. and that will be in June I think it's the 24th at the Unitarian Universalist mm-hmm. Congregation mm-hmm. and we'll send out an email but you can contact us as well and um, yeah, we'd love to have you. So that'll be really fun. And then in August, I'm planning another seminar to be here on my property to teach people how to make elderberry syrup. We'll do some tasting of some different food items you can make with that. You'll see my elderberry. We might have a few for sale. We definitely have some exclusive maple syrup Mm -hmm. that people can purchase. Mm -hmm. And so we're planning more and we're open to discovering with our people on our newsletter list people that come to you know our seminars what all that they would like to learn Mm -hmm. because we'd like to serve we're here to serve Mm -hmm. so if you tell them my website so i get so it gets right yeah it's uh, jaylen.associates and uh link to all of that links to all that will be in the show notes so it'll be easy for people yay thank you alejandro it's really my been my pleasure Back at ya. Yeah, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Yeah. 
thanks judith for coming on the show being a good guest having some fun holding down the fort with yeah that that time we got together i'm so flabbergasted guys like i tomorrow better be a better day here's to a good tuesday i tell you what uh so links to all of judith's stuff will be below uh if you are interested in the container garden workshop that she's doing on june 24th go ahead and go to her website go to the contact page and submit a form and tell us that you want to be on the email list and that you're interested in the container workshop and we'll get you on our MailChimp list and get you more information as the date comes closer. Uh, so th yeah, that's going to be really cool. She's putting working with some local plant growers uh, to bring some starts out for people and I think she's going to do a little art project in there. It's going to be fun. So June 24th, if uh, you're looking to do some planting, that'll be the time. Uh, it's going to be, yeah, the Unitarian Universalist Congregation uh, here in Fort Wayne. So that's going to be a lot of fun. On to things that I'm doing. Uh, Pyroscope, the fire spinning troupe here in Fort Wayne, of which Julia Catherine is a member. She was my first guest on the show. Pyroscope is going to be performing at Buskerfest this Saturday. That is May 20th. I got to do the music for their set. I mixed the songs together. Uh, it's going to be pretty cool. I'm excited to go down there and see their show. So if you're able to make it to Buskerfest May 20th and see Pyroscope, I think they go on at 8.30. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, June 4th, we have an ecstatic dance at Promenade Park. Uh, music brought by yours truly. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a photographer there, a local fellow who's really good. Um, going to be doing some pictures for us. There's going to be an area where there's no pictures. So if you don't want to have your face um, on the internet again, yeah, more than it already probably is. There, there's going to be an area that's photo free, um, and we won't snap your visage. That's June fourth at Promenade Park. That ecstatic dance. June tenth, I'm playing the Healing Hands Farmers Market. Not a farmers market. Oh, geez. Okay, hold on. Back to one. Back to one. God. Damn it. I cannot even believe that I'm probably going to put all of this in there and not even edit it. Okay. June 10th, I am playing the Bar Street Farmer's Market in downtown Fort Wayne. That's going to be really exciting. June 10th, Farmer's Market in the morning. Catch me playing some songs. And then the day after that, June 11th, I'm going to be running sound for, uh, it's called The Poetry Affair. A friend of mine... Uh, puts together a little poetry event. We did one last year, and it was really cool. So that'll be June 11th at the Healing Hands Spa in Fort Wayne. And that's all I will inform you of now. And, uh, oh, um, yeah, Judith asked if I would put one of my songs at the end of her episode. So, actually, that's part of why I spent so much time trying to 
figure out how to use my equipment properly and failed because I wanted to make a nice recording of me playing in my living room. But instead, you're going to get a nice, low-quality recording of me on one microphone playing in my living room. So it's a really sweet song. I wrote this uh, while down in Mexico four years ago now. Jeez, time flies. Seems like we had a pandemic go on or something, and it's shaken up my internal timepiece uh but i wrote this while down in mexico uh at the after spending a day at the beach getting a real nice sunburn and jumping around in the water so enjoy this song by me alejandro soto this is swim away
from above, from below, I'll always know, voices tell me not to stay.